I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. And this is a bit of a milestone for us. We are doing an experiment, um, including a friend and colleague of mine, uh, Brett Small, in the show. The Mr. Beacon Ambient IoT Podcast is sponsored by Williot, bringing intelligence to every single thing. Uh, Brett, welcome to the Mr. Beacon Podcast, partly as an in- interviewee, but primarily as a, as a co-host. Thank you, Steve. It's great to be here. Well, um, so why two people? Um, the, the reason is we want to start covering uh, news. So it is really challenging to keep up with everything that's going on in the IoT industry, and especially this ambient um, section that we are really focused on. So we're going to give this a trial uh, for a few weeks. We'll see how it goes. Um, Give us your feedback. Um, And so, uh, you know, before we launch into our news coverage, I just want to say a few words about um, what we're going to focus on versus what all the other excellent IoT podcasts focus, focus on. Uh, Stacy on our IoT is one of my favorites, and we're not going to be competing with uh, um, with what uh, she does. Our focus is ambient IoT, and by that, uh, we define ambient IoT as uh, technology that is super low cost, uh, and therefore, it can be ambient. It can be everywhere. Uh, uh, technologies that stories and technologies that are to do with connecting to the cloud, everyday things as opposed to expensive things. So we will prioritize news uh, where the sensors are small. Uh, if they're uh, paper thin, all the better. If they're low cost, that's good. And part of what we think of as ambient IoT is something that spans um, the whole life of a product. So the enterprise bit, which is the manufacturing, and the uh, consumer bit, which is when you use it. So our view of ambient IoT is that the intelligence, connectivity, and the sensing uh, span the entire life cycle. And that's where we get the real benefit. Um, rather than these kind of stovepipe applications. So we're interested in news about the progress towards ubiquity and ultimately anything where the connections are driving us not to millions but to billions and to trillions. 
So, Brett, that's my definition of ambient IoT. Does that make sense to you? Have you got anything you want to add to that? I think that absolutely makes uh, a lot of sense. I think the one or the two additional components that uh, that I might preferably add would be that, uh, as Steve mentioned, uh, part of the entire life cycle is uh, placing us well within the circular economy of greater reuse of uh, all assets, and whether those are tags or whether those are reuse returnable containers or whatever kinds of things those are that we're keeping track of. And the other thing is that some people kind of think as the the world of IoT is being divided between kind of enterprise or to consumer. Uh, I think as, as Steve explained, we're really focused on both uh, as there are use cases and applicability to the kinds of technology that Steve was talking about with regards to very low cost items, uh, very easily maintained items, items that can be reused. Uh, and we see those kinds of use cases in both the consumer as well as the enterprise space. So we'll be covering both of those realms in, in this segment. Very good. And Brett, you posed a question to me when we started this about, well, what's our position going to be? We both work for Williot. Um, um, is there going to be any bias? And that was a really good question. It's a very tough one. Um, and, you know, from my perspective, um, we are going to try and be unbiased. But the reality is we will be. Uh, working at Williot, we have a perspective on ambient IoT, which is being, you know, it's actually a pretty good perspective. with some really amazing uh, deployments, hundreds of millions, billions of these postage stamp computers. And we feel like, our product is right at the vanguard of ambient IoT. But what I would say is we pledge to cover uh, competitive products in a positive way. We want a platform. We believe that it's in everyone's interest to move the industry forward to build this category. And there is no um, silver bullet, um, uh, uh, or maybe to move away from weaponry, um, you, you need ha hammers, uh, you need screwdrivers, you need saws. And um, so, you know, we're definitely going to try and steer clear of the uh, blind evangelism that uh, doesn't, that, that assumes that uh, what Williot does is the, uh, every solution and the only solution. Um, and to that end, actually, one of your stories is about a, a competitive technology. But before we get into the news, um, last thing, um, uh, we should introduce you. Uh, Brett, can you give us a quick overview and tell us, tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks. Uh, yes. So I, uh, my, my world, my professional world uh, started in, uh, in manufacturing. I was one of the people that wore a bunny suit inside of a semiconductor manufacturing facility in, uh, in Dallas, Texas for, uh, for Texas Instruments for uh, nearly 10 years after I uh, completed my master's degree. Uh, and at that point in time, I kind of decided that uh, being seen enough of clean rooms and bunny suits, and uh, I became involved in kind of enterprise software sales, uh, selling primarily uh, what was back then called statistical process control. Now would probably be called business analytics in terms of looking at manufacturing data, how to optimize yield and optimize throughput for semiconductor wafer manufacturing. And uh, when I went to work for an enterprise software company, uh, I went to work for an MES company that acquired uh, 15 or 20 companies 
during the acquisition phase at that point in time. And that kind of melded into a couple of different places, working for a, uh, a number of different uh, great people that I learned about, about technical sales, technical presentation. Uh, and I landed uh, after a couple of stints at a company called Aeroscout, which was one of the original kind of, uh, uh, we used to refer to as, a, it was IoT before IoT was cool. Uh, it was one of the original Wi-Fi based RTLS companies, uh, did a lot of work in healthcare, did a lot of work in manufacturing as uh, Cisco and other access point vendors were kind of carpeting the, uh, the planet with regards to Wi-Fi access points. We sold small little devices uh, that are now deemed expensive. Back then we're in the 75 to $95 range to keep track of things as they moved around inside. We used to refer to it as GPS for indoors keeping track of assets, knowing where they were, uh, monitoring them, making sure that you had enough of them and not too many of them. Uh, that kind of uh, was a eight or 10 year experience, fantastic experience. I got to grow a worldwide team. Uh, that company got acquired by uh, Stanley Healthcare, a division of Stanley Black & Decker. It's subsequently been sold uh, to Securitas. Uh, and when that occurred a year or so later, I went to work for the BLE Group. Uh, Blue Vision was the name of the company, had recently been acquired by HID at that point in time. So I got to learn about a, uh, a new technology that was doing similar things to what Aeroscout was doing, but at uh, a half or a third of the price point with regards to uh, both infrastructure as well as tag cost. So that was a, an interesting uh, little startup inside of a much larger corporation. And, uh, and from that, uh, I was there for about five or six years, kind of organized things from a small company into kind of a larger company with regards to the sales process and the, the technical aspects of selling the, the BLE solution inside of a much larger kind of commodity company, which, uh, which HID and on, on balances. And uh, Steve and I had uh, kind of worked together as, uh, as cohorts uh, on different sides of the uh, of different companies. And uh, when I was ready to make the, the next change in my career, uh, I was able to join Williot. Uh, I've there, been there for now all of about three and a half months. It's been a, a, a great, great environment, fantastic technology, and uh, keeping with the theme of less expensive, uh, again, the prices drop by now an order of magnitude or more with regards to the infrastructure and the and the tags themselves. So uh, enabling in a whole new realm of use cases that weren't possible with uh, either the BLE technology or in the Wi-Fi technology. So uh, I'm waxing poetically, Steve, so I'll stop now, but that's a little bit of the background of, uh, of how I got here. Wonderful. And then what is your day job at Williard? So my day job uh, at Williard is primarily to deal with the technical analysts that, uh, that cover the space. Uh, as uh, Steve mentioned in the intro, the world of ambient IoT is still kind of a new term. Uh, the folks that represent uh, Gartner and ABI Research and IDC and, and other organizations are still learning about it. So my job is basically to uh, be a little bit of an evangelist with regards to the kinds of things that we are accomplishing for customers and explaining what our technology does. Uh, it's not a, a fix-all widget, but to explain the kind of the parameter space around which the Williot solution provides uh, a good solution in supply chain management and in healthcare and in manufacturing and a lot of places that traditionally have been uh, underserved by kind of passive RFID or unserved with regards to no technology really fitting uh, the use case and the ROI requirements. So 
that's what uh, I spend most of my days doing. Excellent. So I think that will give some good opportunities to uh, uh, see interesting things on your radar and bring it up to this group. We're still going to continue with uh, the Mr. Beacon Hallmark um, in-depth interviews, getting to know important companies, uh, drilling into key issues and technologies um, that is the backbone of the podcast. But we'll have this experiment for a little bit on the, on the news. And if you like it, we'll continue it. So let's get on with it. Uh, Brett, what uh, uh, you own this new segment. Uh, what have we got planned to, to cover? Okay. Well, uh, today, uh, uh, as, uh, as you know, Steve, since you're uh, on the floor at uh, CES uh, for the last several days and will be for the next uh, several days, uh, we'll talk about uh, a couple of the things there. Uh, there have been a couple of product releases. Uh, I was noticing today in the news uh, several stories relating to kind of uh, connected agriculture or uh, the IoT of agriculture relating to uh, various different components from raising to storage to, uh, to consumption. So we'll talk a little bit more about some of those, uh, talk a little bit about the highlights of uh, some healthcare IoT, probably one of the areas that's the largest segment of, uh, and maybe oldest section of IoT connectivity, uh, at least in the US. Uh, some kind of uh, novel product releases that uh, that I've seen in the news, and uh, then some supply chain trends uh, that uh, a couple of research organizations are starting to put together as uh, key components of of what to look for. Excellent, and uh, you know one of those stories uh, is the the Lufthansa uh, Sodak Pod Group announcement, uh, which is billed as the first commercial smart label tracking device, um, which is fighting talk, because I would say that uh, uh, Williot is also got something very similar, but but what they're doing is different, and so we'll drill into that. But um, before we get into the CES stuff, then um, we uh, discussed uh, giving you an update on standards. Um, and those of you who are regulars to Mr. Beacon, Ambient IoT, uh, we'll have heard uh, the uh, interview with uh, Amahai, who's our um, the Williot uh, representative on 3GPP, and he gave us an update um, end of last year, uh, final uh, couple of weeks in September, about the latest of what's been going on with 3GPP. So I want to uh, um, dive into that because there's progress, uh, which is important progress, and uh, for those of you who don't know, 3GPP, they're the, the um, industry group that uh, defines what's going to be in um, the 5G and 6G standards. And they have a multi, a structured, multi-layer approach to this. So they have a, a services and systems architecture stream, um, which looks at uh, requirements and architecture security and all that sort of stuff. There's a RAN group, Radio Access Network group, um, that is follows on um, and gets into the details. And then there's a core network um, uh, and, and terminals group um, that uh, basically is involved in uh, the uh, handoff of the standards as they um, start to mature. So it's a bit like an assembly line. Um, the assembly line that we're interested in is going into something called Release 19. So 5G, 4G, 3G, 
in the future 6G are all kind of marketing terms. The the the, the really definitive um, uh, uh, chapters in this uh, standard are the releases, and so release nine is um, uh, basically the bit that's being worked on now. Um, there's a technical report; it's about to finish. Um, the technical specification uh, will have been wrapped up. Uh, it was scheduled to wrap up on uh, December the 23rd. Um, so there, there aren't technical details uh, in this, but what it does do is it covers the use cases um, and some of the architectural considerations that are going to be manifested in the standard coming to a phone near you. Um, so. Um, basically, the, there's been voting, there's been agreement, um, the, the pledge to include ambient IoT into this telco standard, um, that's all gone through. Um, and uh, a number of use cases were voted on and approved. Um, one that Williot put forward uh, was around the farm-to-store tracking of reusable transport items or plastic crates. And those of you that have followed us will know that there's some really very practical benefits for putting these crates that in the past have been done online. They're kind of expensive. Um, there's all sorts of environmental benefits to them, um, but they're expensive. So if you can track them, then you can um, uh, allow yourself to run a, a pool of crates with uh, maybe... Uh, um, 30% less crates. So it's, it makes the, the, the whole reusable, um, sustainable packaging and more viable by tracking it. And you can also uh, stop shrink and you can um, uh, start looking at the condition of what's in the crates. So that was outlined, voted on and approved. Um, but there were also other submissions from Qualcomm, from Apple, from others and Qualcomm uh, proposed some really interesting use cases around asset tracking uh, and finding uh, remote uh, lost items. So the kind of asset tracking that goes on with uh, um, uh, products that go onto uh, uh, into, through the shipping system, uh, planes, trains, automobiles, uh, finding remote uh, lost items, kind of a find my standard uh, that goes beyond the proprietary um, standards of you know what's what's offered. Uh, Apple um, was uh, interested in and proposed, and was uh, there was acceptance of uh, a concept around privacy, being able to activate and react, deactivate, and then reactivate um, ambient IoT tags. So there's many reasons why you'd want to turn these tags on and off. Um, maybe people for privacy reasons don't want something to be tracked, but if it's on a product that you want to return to a store, then maybe that's a reason for, for reactivating it. And then uh, additional use cases that were passed um, uh, through this kind of first, one of the first stages of the standards process were around agriculture monitoring, monitoring uh, plants and, uh, uh, and cattle, uh, automobile manufacturing is it's expensive to make cars, uh, tracking the parts and tools, uh, uh, indoor positioning, 
ambient IoT for light switches and um, some fundamental inventory use cases as well. So that is the, um, you know, that's what went in to uh in into the standard and um i have to say i'm really uh um excited by um by the work that's going uh, in there uh, what do you think many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think that uh, there's a lot of momentum that's now actually building around uh, this uh, ambient IoT term, I guess, originally coined by 3GPP. And uh, I, like you, am uh, am quite enthused that uh, making fast progress. Uh, I think that uh, this harbors a uh, almost infrastructureless uh, kind of capability that's going to be available uh, probably sooner than we know it uh, with regards to being able to track and trace uh, uh, around the globe. Yeah. Um, so final thing is kind of timelines. Um, so this process, the kind of the architecture process will uh, continue over the next couple of years. Uh, there'll be um, the work on the radio access network is uh, is likely to, is, is going to start uh, um, this year. And the whole thing should wrap up toward the, towards the end of 2025. So this is not something that's going to happen overnight, but of course, ambient IoT uh, is available today. Uh, the Bluetooth SIG is uh, uh, or already has a protocol which we're using and, we're, and which many other uh, companies are using. IEEE has a role there. Looking at this stuff, um, Wi-Fi has been used, as as Brett you you talked about in when you were talking about the history, but. Um, it's really interesting to see um, IEEE's uh, focus on this area, um, and they have um, something called AMP. So their work stream is uh, um, you know, it's not a done deal, but um, uh, the AMP standard, as they're calling it now, uh, is being worked on by the part of IEEE that focuses on the 80211 communication standards. So that's it on the uh, the standards uh, update. Um, uh, what's uh, what's next for us to talk about, Brett? Great. I think the next thing uh, we talked about was uh, perhaps a little bit of a highlight about uh, one of the product announcements of many product announcements at, at CES from the Pod Sodak and Lufthansa uh, joint press release. Uh, on what they describe as the quote-unquote first commercial smart label tracking device uh, at CES. Uh, 
Uh, my understanding of this, uh, although I've not yet seen it, is that it's a small printed battery uh, that is uh, reusable, a uh, lifespan of six to nine months uh, that can be attached to a package uh, slightly thicker, I guess, than several sheets of paper, maybe thick cardboard, uh, that will transmit uh, some pieces of information, apparently temperature, uh, maybe even light sensitivity with regards to where the package is. So similar to maybe a, an AirPod, but at a much smaller price point and at a much tinier size. I love that profile. I love the uh, I love the size. I'm just looking at the picture of it, and uh, and they activate it by you actually cut the corner off of the uh, of uh, the tag, and that's the thing that turns it on, um, which I think is beautiful. And um, for those of you that are interested in some of the people behind this, we actually had Sodak uh, on the Mr. Beacon podcast. Uh, Ollie is. Uh, uh, the, one of the founders, uh, one of the leaders there, and it's a really amazing company. They focus on sustainability, circular economy applications, and we, we've actually found ourselves working with them, partly as a result of the conversations that we started on on, on this show. But uh, I, I think this is really uh, promising. Excellent. So other stories in the news, I uh, was looking through several, and it seems like, uh, as has always been the case, uh, agriculture or the IoT of agriculture is, uh, is uh, gaining more traction as uh, the technology price points uh, become lower. And there are kind of three that I sort of thought worked hand in hand. Uh, there's a joint announcement between Osram and Energis on collaborating to develop uh, low-cost agricultural sensors. Uh, for basically being able to grow plants more effectively and being able to monitor them uh, through soil condition, through humidity, through water levels to, to optimize output of crops, soybeans, corn, grain, etc., uh, which kind of goes into a second story. Uh, Global Star has recently signed a commercial agreement with Yagro uh, to supply IoT transmitters for ag tech applications. What these are is uh, what are sometimes in the field called silo stacks. There are very large piles, basically, of crops. Sometimes it's silage, sometimes it's harvested grain that are stored outside and covered with uh, giant plastic uh, four or five millimeter thick sheets uh, and can be stored uh, in outside ambient temperatures, even in freezing cold, uh, because for the most part, uh, they age well in those conditions. But if the humidity is not right or the temperature is not right under the plastic, uh, you can have spoilage of the produce. So this kind of uh, ingenious sensor punches through that plastic and can monitor the temperature, the humidity of the actual stored grain or the stored silage itself, um, primarily for large farms. Uh, today, farmers will go out and inspect every week, uh, every other week or so with regards to the conditions. This allows that to be done automatically uh, and even remotely. And then the third story kind of in the series of, of uh, agriculture IoT is uh, one where scientists plan to uh, substantially reduce livestock diseases by being able to track cattle. Today, of course, they're tracked with ear tags or or some sort of a passive or barcode, but uh, 5G IoT devices embedded inside of those ear tags. So they would know what cattle were in proximity to what other cattle, um, which is one of the mechanisms by which foot and mouth, hoof and mouth disease 
spreads, other communicable diseases amongst livestock. So again, a way to be able to monitor and to control um, cattle uh, in the field generally or inside of warehouses, livestock warehouses uh, with regards to disease spread. So those I thought made kind of a, a nice uh, tritium of uh, three different stories all related to IoT and agriculture and its application today. Very nice. And I think um, you know, this is a great example of starting to connect at the beginning of the, the life cycle of, uh, of a product. Um, and you know, once you start doing that, then you can start to continue the traceability all the way to the consumer uh, and um, get a handle on uh, recalls and uh, people understanding the provenance and I, as a as a uh, devout carnivore, I've always wanted to be able to select uh, meat that I know that you know the um, the, the animal's been looked after uh, well, um, and um, so I'm kind of optimistic and hopeful that if we start to get visibility on the supply chain back to the farm, then those of us that feel like we should be vegetarians but just can't bring ourselves to do it can at least have the satisfaction of knowing that. Uh, Whatever we've had has had a decent life before it uh, ended up on our plate. All right. So what's next then, Brett? Um, so just uh, two quick other things uh, on the floor at, uh, at CES that, uh, that I saw were interesting. Um, actually, before that, uh, going from, uh, going from uh, newest applications of IoT and agricultural to one of the more established uh, healthcare IoT uh, continues to grow by leaps and bounds. Uh, most recent estimate is uh, over 31 million USA folks uh, had some sort of a connected healthcare experience last year, whether that was a video with a doctor during COVID, uh, whether that was an interaction uh, based upon a machine. A very large percentage of those are sleep apnea machines that are connected to a network. Uh, typically, insurance companies only will reimburse for sleep apnea machines if they can prove that their uh, covered people are actually using them. So that's why it's a strong ROI with regards to uh, using that. So healthcare IoT continues to grow. Um, basically, one out of 10 uh, Americans now have some component of that uh, that they used in 2022. Um, related to that, uh, a new feature at uh, the safest car seat, uh, Baby Arc, a new company, uh, released a product at the CES show, it kind of makes sense. The in car seats have been improved over the last decade uh, substantially in almost every sort of passenger car around the globe, but car seats for babies really haven't done anything in the last 10 years. So this is a, a new look at uh, how to be able to monitor whether the baby's in the seat, whether the seat is properly installed, uh, heaven forbid the baby's left inside the car, all sorts of technology enhancements uh, around uh, the IoT baby seat, as, uh, as Baby Arc is calling it. Excellent. And then finally, uh, around the IoT supply chains, uh, at the, is always the case at the end of the year, various different organizations look at uh, five top key technologies, eight top key technologies. Looking at supply chain uh, is no different. Uh, looking at this list from uh, at least uh, looking at how supply chains being transformed, IoT, track and trace uh, in the top three in uh, several different organizations list as key features uh, improving the supply chain by the use of IoT. 
And that's all the news this week. For the links of each of these news stories, uh, please see our website uh, and you can find more detail about any of them. Brett, thanks for putting the time in to do the thing that uh, many of us don't have the time to do and uh, helping us keep track of things. Let's do it again. All right. Thank you. This has been a great time. Thank you, guys. Thank you.